Hey there, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Cycling Hokkaido podcast. This episode is going to be about cycling snacks, food. But before we get into talking about any of that stuff today, I have got to say I've gone and caught the coronavirus one more time. That's right. This is my second time inside of one year. Uh, geez, the first time I got it was November of 2022. And uh, yeah, I got it again, the second time. I can't believe it. Ridiculous. Um, so I went to work on Thursday morning. I woke up, thought I had a cold, uh, taught the first class, and then I had a free period during for second period. And as I was sitting there doing some paperwork, I thought, man, this is not just a cold. I'm starting to feel pretty bad here. So I went to the nurse's office, got my temperature checked, and sure enough, 38.7 degrees. So, home I went. Had to wait a little bit for the afternoon session of the hospital to open. And yeah, I popped positive for a second time for COVID-19. No fun at all. While I was at the hospital, though it was it was kind of interesting because I went in and they have a special counter that said, do you have a fever? Do you have a sore throat? If so, go this way. So, okay. I went that way, sat down, filled out the paperwork. And then she said, do you, then the nurse said, would you like to wait in the hospital or wait in the car? And I said, well, I'll, I'll wait in the hospital, I guess. And then she said, please go wait in this section of the of the of the lobby and when somebody's ready to talk to you they'll phone you on your smartphone like, okay that's new so the first consultation i had with the nurse was over my smartphone when i was sitting in the lobby then after time goes on a little again and uh, somebody comes and tells me to come into this small room they violate my nose that's so uncomfortable isn't it and then I go sit down for a little while and then they take me into this plastic covered area, kind of in the middle of the lobby. I was like, oh no, this has got to be really bad. I'm in a even more secure area. And then, then my phone rings again and it's another nurse and she says, please hold for the doctor. So the doctor comes on and then the doctor tells me over the phone that I've got I've tested positive for COVID and that I have to go, I have to wait in the tent for them to call my name, at which point I go up to the counter, uh, pay my money, get my things, get the, get the paperwork and things. And, and then they give me my prescriptions to go around the corner to the drugstore. At the drugstore, it's nowhere near as careful as in the hospital because it's just the lady at the counter saying, here, fill out this paper nowhere near the same restrictions as in the hospital which didn't make a lot of sense to me I, I i thought they would have been i don't know way more distanced and things like that but the hospital was super careful didn't seem to have a lot of meaning because the drugstore was just kind of normal anyway got home straight into 
solitary confinement up here in my uh, my den, my man cave, if you will. And this is me on day three, uh, complete and utter isolation. It's actually not too bad in here. It's actually really nice in here. I've got Netflix and Prime. I've got books. Uh, I've got lots of stuff. But I, it's getting pretty dull, so I thought I'd record episode four, the Cycling Snacks episode. Because I, I, I don't know about you guys, but one of the weirdest things I find with, with COVID is my sleep patterns are bizarre. I am just all over the place with sleep. I mean, last night, I think it was sometime after eight, I fell asleep. And I don't mean went to sleep. I mean, just boom, just crashed. But I woke up at like 2.30. Then I was up for a couple of hours. Well, hey, luckily, you know, some friends in Canada were awake. So I could do some, uh, got some texting in, some late night texting, which is usually impossible. But then I fell asleep again. And, and I woke up, I don't know, sometime after 8 a.m. and then I was asleep again and so here I am now riding a decent wave of not feeling too terrible right now you know I don't know about you guys but for me it really it really comes in waves where you, you'll feel bad for a few hours and then you're okay for a little bit and then you you eyes go all googly and you're oh god I'm dying so Obviously, I'm riding kind of a good wave right now, and since I'm here at Cycling Hokkaido Central, which is my den, I thought I'd see if I could uh, bang out episode four, food, cycling, snacks. Anyway, so, COVID, part two for me, and luckily, everybody else in the house, as of this morning, has tested negative, so with any luck, fingers crossed, it's just me that's got it in the fam jam. All right, food, let's start. I'd like to start with the food I get from my own garden. Now, I get, I grow quite a lot of vegetables in my garden. I grow a lot of uh, potatoes, tomatoes, hot peppers, cucumbers, lettuce, garlic, beans, all kinds of really good stuff back there. But, from the garden, I think my favorite cycling snack is uh, the potatoes. Potatoes are so easy to carry, so easy to cook, easy to eat while you're on the road. I highly recommend just boiling up a batch of potatoes, chucking them in a bunch of bento boxes, chuck a bit of Montreal steak spice on there, and away you go. And the, a reason, another reason I like to take them cycling is because they're super easy to carry. You put them in a bento box. They fit easily in your panniers, your saddlebags. And super easy to eat. You don't even need to bring any utensils with you. You can just eat them by hand. And this year, I've got quite a few potatoes. Uh, this year, I've got Shadow Queens, uh, Northern Rubies, and my favorite, the uh, Pirukas. Now, those are a delicious potato. But also, I mean, think about it. Potatoes are full of carbohydrates, starch, lots of good stuff for when you're on a really long, long ride. 
They will power you through hours and hours of cycling. Potatoes are a really great way to go. On that same vein, a really, really great snack, and sometimes I request my wife to make them for me, are onigiri, rice balls. And I mean rice balls, the super, super simple kind, just salt and sesame seeds. They are the best. Again, super easy to carry, super easy to eat. And when it comes from home, you don't have to spend any money. This is another reason over the last couple of years, I've really been bringing food from home as much as possible because it saves me so much money than eating out of the convenience stores or, or restaurants uh, at any point during the road. I, I, usually, I don't spend any money on the road unless there's some specialty item out there. But other than that, no, I, I take all my food from home. Uh, well, we'll get into that a bit later on because I learned there's a couple of things you should not do over this summer, but a little bit later. Potatoes, onigiri, rice balls, super easy to carry, super easy to eat on the road. A perfect cycling snack. Now, another thing I like to make, with all the tomatoes I grow in the back, um, I like to make kind of like a pasta sauce with uh, soy meat and black beans. It's not like a traditional Italian gravy type thing, but that with a bit of short pasta, like some macaroni. Again, super easy to eat. You have to carry a spoon for that one. And I kind of feel like uh, Dwight Schrute and Michael Scott from The Office carb loading while they're in the middle of a marathon. But anyway, when you're on a big 12, 13 hour ride, you get really, really hungry. And again, packing my own food. For those big 12 hour rides, I usually pack about three meals, three bento boxes full of food. You know, so you, you get a bunch of pasta in there, a bunch of tomato sauce in there, some hard bread for dipping, and you've got yourself some Hokkaido gourmet. You know what I mean? Drinks. Usually I just take water. For a, Again, for a big ride, I freeze two or three liters of water, depending on how far. Sometimes, actually this summer, I started freezing kind of like half coffee, half water uh, bottles, which was kind of an interesting taste. And, you know, you get the caffeine boost. So that's been kind of fun. What I was talking about not packing earlier are cucumbers. I mentioned it in an earlier podcast, but with this summer's heat, I learned that you have to be careful with what you pack from home. Cucumbers do not like to be packed in heat and do not like to be bashed about in bento boxes while you're cycling. Those bad boys turned into baby food. I mean, absolute mush. I, I know it was just a couple of episodes ago, but I, I wanted to say it again because this section of this episode is about food from the garden. And... Unless you're in fall weather and it's cool and you can pack them where they're not going to be knocked around too much, I don't recommend packing cucumbers. <laughs> uh, man, that was disgusting. 
One more thing not to do and that I'm always very careful about. I do not eat anything spicy out of the garden while cycling or the night before cycling. I think you can imagine why. When you're out in the middle of nowhere, toilets are often not easily found. And I do not feel like doing my best bear impression in the woods. You know what I mean? So, no spicy food, definitely no super hots, no jalapenos, no habaneros, nothing like that the night before or during a ride because that is just asking for trouble. Okay, so let's say you don't pack anything because it's too hot, your food will melt in your saddlebags. So where are you going to get food on a big ride? Well, in Japan, the convenience stores are your friend. The convenience stores, well, let, let's use their local name, the konbini. A konbini is your friend when you are out on the road quite often. You know, we have 7-Eleven, Lawson, Seiko Mart, Family Mart. I think there are a couple other small ones, smaller ones, but I can't remember the names. But convenience stores are great places. The convenience store onigiris, tons of flavors, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but I think the best thing the convenience stores have to offer are the yakisoba sandwiches. That's right, a starch on a starch. You know yakisoba? Yakisoba is fried noodles. Well, they have fried noodle sandwiches. It's a bunch of fried noodles stuffed into a hot dog bun. It's delicious. And they're only 108 yen. I, I think they're still 108 yen. Like a dollar and ten cents. A perfect cycling food. It's got flavor. It's Japanese as all get out. <laughs> I mean, seriously. A noodle sandwich? Come on. I, I think they have a couple of others now as well. I think there's like a ramen sandwich. Maybe an udon sandwich. I, I can't quite remember. But the yakisoba sandwich, the fried noodle sandwich in a hot dog bun is the best. Again, full of carbohydrates. And God knows what else. But they're pretty good. And you can't beat that price. But also, another thing Japanese convenience stores do well are those egg salad sandwiches. How they get them so perfect, so fluffy, every time is one of the great mysteries of Japan, I think. It, they're amazing. And delicious every time. They're perfect. I don't know how they do it. But the, if you're going convenience stores, I recommend those two sandwiches. The yakisoba sandwich and the egg, the fua fua tamago sando. Those are great. Oh, and it's Seiko Mart. If you ever come by them, they're smoked eggs. They're a very small pack. You get like four halves of eggs. Smoked eggs are great and a good source of protein. And recently, some of the convenience stores have really, really upped their dessert game. So if you're out on the road and you're looking for something sweet and delicious, the caramel macadamia cookies are fantastic. They are so tasty. Um, they're big, they're soft, oh, can't be beat. 
And of course, if you come across matcha, anything, green tea, anything sweet, are the best. And again, also, if you're out on the road and you want to feel like you're eating Japanese food, go ahead, get a matcha pudding or a matcha cookie or matcha ice cream, whatever it is, green tea, it's Japanese. And you'll feel more at your Japanese adventure if you're <laughs> having green tea snacks while you're cycling through Hokkaido. And the convenience stores you can find pretty much anywhere. It, it's it's kind of amazing how they are so all over the place. Uh, I mean, in the middle of nowhere, you, you'll often just find a, a, a random convenience store. I, I guess it's for obviously truckers and, and things like that, but they are all out there. Sometimes it might be a good idea to check where you're going or ask somebody who knows the route where the last kombini for a long time might be because you might get stuck where you're, you're just dying for some sugar or dying for some kind of refreshment and you've passed the last kombini like 40 kilometers back. So it might be a good idea to check your route. Google usually says, Google Maps will usually tell you where convenience stores are. Um, but yeah, check out where they are before you head out or make sure you have enough food before you head out for a big ride uh, because it sucks if you get stuck on a long, long stretch of road and you've got no food, you've got no water, You've got nothing and no convenience store in sight. So just have a look to make sure you've got one just before you take off on a long stretch or, or at least on the horizon. Now, the convenience stores as well have all the sugary drinks. There have been a couple of times on the big, big rides where I've started to fade. It's hot. You've you're 150, 170 kilometers in, in, into a ride and you start to fade. You really start to fade. And at that point, you might just need a big boost of sugar. You know, a, a Coca-Cola, a Dr. Pepper. And I do believe there is actual scientific evidence to back this up that I think it's after a hard workout, if you have sugar, a lot of sugar, it will really boost your muscle. Jeez, what's that? Oh, I can't even remember what it's called. It's good for you. I know Floyd Mayweather has a can of Coke or something like that after his workouts to, to, to get his body right again. And you really do feel it. I, I mean, one time, the, after the first, during the first time, I was on a 200 kilometer ride, really started to lose it on the way back. And I stopped into a convenience, got a 500 milliliter can of Dr. Pepper and started feeling better almost right away. It was, it was wild. You, you could feel your body just taking all the sugar in. Pretty interesting. But I got to say, another reason I don't really like using the convenience stores and much prefer bringing my own food uh, is because plastics. I... I know, I know it's quite a, it's a weird, weird thing. I mean, why can't we get plastic bags at the supermarket? We buy meat wrapped in plastic. We buy 
vegetables wrapped in plastic. We buy eggs wrapped in plastic. We buy cheese wrapped in... Everything inside the supermarket is wrapped in plastic. But then, at the checkout counter, they don't want us to use a plastic bag. What's that? It's it's a weird thing. I guess it's just a money grab so they can get another three cents or five cents for the plastic bag at the cash register, eh? I don't know. That's a weird one. But so that's kind of the basic food for cycling, the convenience store versus the homemade stuff out of my garden. Obviously, the stuff out of my garden is much, much better for health, right? I mean, you've grown it without pesticides, without herbicides. It's all natural. It's all organic. It's better for the environment because it hasn't been shipped anywhere. All that kind of jazz. It's never been wrapped in plastic. It's if, if you don't grow a garden, start one. You'll feel better. It's way more fun growing your own food. And you, and you just, you feel better. But I, I, I gotta be honest. I didn't always think about my food that carefully. Um, since, well, since I was a little kid, I was always kind of losing the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, well, actually, to be honest, again, I was just a real fat bastard back in the day. I had no exercise, ate way too much fast food. Uh, I, I was a private investigator for a while, which saw me just sitting in the car, zero exercise, literally eating junk food three meals a day, extremely unhealthy, and, and I didn't really care. Uh, yeah, I cared, but I was too stupid and lazy to do anything about it. I, I just thought, eh, what's wrong with me? And... I just had to get out of the car, eat less, and move more, you know? It was really dumb and really stupid for a young man, 20 years old, 22, 23, 24. Why did I not think I should get myself in shape? I mean, at one point when I was a private investigator, I was 120 kilograms, right? I'm 5 foot 10. I'm 178 centimeters tall. And I was 120 kilograms. Ridiculous. Stupid. So stupid. When I see pictures from that era, I feel so ashamed. It was... Why? Why? Why did I think that that was okay? Why did I think I could just walk around like that? No wonder all the fat jokes kept coming my way. Yeah, also, you got to remember... This was a time before fat shaming was a no-no. Fat shaming was a national pastime when I was fat. When I was a little kid, fat shaming was on the cards for everybody too. And I was a fat little kid. I was a greedy little bastard. I wanted to eat as much food as I could. It was fun. It was delicious. You have no control when you're a kid like that. I don't know. It, it was... Again... Looking back on it, I feel stupid. When I was a little kid, uh, I kind of didn't know any better, I guess. But still, the fat shaming was on. I even remember, there was this Irish lady that lived down the street from us. And I rode her kid's bike one day. I think I was in like grade three or something. And uh, 
after <coughs> sorry a bit of the rona there anyway i i rode uh, her son's bike like a, a few houses distance worth down the street goes, oh well i guess we'll have to put more air in them tires after you've been on a day <laughs> what what I, oh yeah yeah I was a little kid, right? And I I remember it, you know, because it was just an example of the fat shaming I had to endure as a child. Poor me. Woe is me, the fat shaming. But hey, now I eat much healthier. I exercise a lot more and I'm not fat anymore. And it kind of sucks because now that we're all adults and we're all supposed to be on these petty things, and we know fat shaming is wrong in society. But still, I will never get my fat shaming revenge. I am owed fat shaming revenge on the world. Look at you, fatty. Ha 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 ha. Just kid just kidding, folks. I, I don't wanna make anybody feel bad. But it's amazing how times changed with that, eh? You, you can't call somebody fat. <laughs> well, except here in Japan. Did you know, those who don't live here, in Japan, if you gain weight and you go see somebody you haven't seen for a long time, one of the first things they'll say is, Oh, hi! Oh, ftotane! Hey, hey, you gained weight. They comment on it. The Japanese comment on weight gain right away as soon as they see you. At New Year's, it's almost like a standard greeting. Hi, everybody. Oh, look at you. Oh, put on a few, eh? Ho, ho, futotane. Looking good, chubby. Hey, all right. Rounding out nicely, aren't we? It's kind of a real cultural difference between, well, Western countries now and Japan. Japan just doesn't see it as fat shaming. It's just, it's a statement of fact. And it's just, it's a statement on your state of health. Anyway, let's get... Sorry, but I digress. Let, childhood trauma aside, let's get... Let, let's get back to talking about food. The source of all my childhood trauma. I, I'm just kidding, everybody. Really. Uh, okay. Back to cycling snacks. Now, I mentioned potatoes earlier. And there is a thing in Japan called ageimo. Uh, is it all over Japan? I know it's in Hokkaido. Ageimo are deep fried potato balls. And they are delicious. You usually get three on a stick. They're about half the size of your fist. And the best place I think to get them is at the top of Nakayama Toge. Nakayama Toge is a mountain pass. And at the top of the mountain pass is a road station, Michinoeki, called Boyo Nakayama. And they are so famous for their deep fried potato balls. And they are delicious. They are so good. I like them with mayonnaise, mustard, and a bit of the crazy salt. But I was just reading that right now, from today until Halloween, they have special ageimo. 
They have three color Ageimo on one stick for Halloween. Looks pretty cool. I imagine it's Shadow Queen, the purple potatoes, uh, something else. Inside, I saw the picture. Inside was purple, yellow, and white. So at some point after I get over this corona, I'm going to have to ride up Nakayama Toge for the Halloween Ageimo. Now, here's a pro tip about Nakayama Toge. There is another Ageimo shop across the street that never has any lineup, ever. And they have a bit more variety. Now, their Ageimo on a stick, they have four balls that are a bit smaller. Um, they have a bit of a wider menu. And they also have Ageimo with ice cream. That is so good. It works so well. That sweet and savory together, oh, it's good. I, I think the place across it is called uh, Toge no Chaya. If you want to skip the lineups of Boyo Nakayama, try a couple of different flavors. Uh, the, the, the normal ones on sticks, they taste exactly the same. They're just You get f four smaller ones instead of three big ones. The taste is the same, but zero lineups. And the sit-down area inside is a bit nicer as well, actually. Okay, now let's talk about everybody's favorite ice cream. That's right. You know it. You know, ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Ice cream flavors in Japan can be pretty wild. They do some wacky stuff with ice cream, so let's get right into it. A couple of places that have delicious ice cream are, well, one is the, the Otaru Winery that's kind of half halfway up the Keinashi Toge. At the Otaru Winery, they have grape soft ice cream. That is a great snack. Whether you're heading up the toge or coming down the toge, if you're heading up from the Otaru side, that is a hard ride because there are switchbacks. So maybe not a bad idea to stop in on the way up. But if you're coming from the Niseko side, it's really long and there are a lot of false tops. So, you know, coming down through the switchbacks is obviously easier. I don't know. Either way, up or down, stop in for grape ice cream. It's pretty good. And actually, along some routes, there are a couple of soft ice cream shops along the way there as well. Uh, my favorite soft ice cream on the road, matcha, of course, you can't beat it. Green tea, as I said, that is the best ice cream. But if you're ever cycling around Sapporo, and you're cycling down maybe around uh, Makomanai Park, sorry, scratch that. If you're cycling around Maruyama Park, check out Barnes. They have, I think, the best ice cream I've ever had. They are so good. They only do two flavors of ice cream a month. One is always vanilla, and the other is a flavor of the month. Sometimes it's matcha. The last time I was there, it was Ecuadorian chocolate. Uh, I, I think in January, it's rum raisin. An absolutely amazing shop for ice cream. Incredible. Now, a couple of examples of the not-so-good ice cream. A few months back, I did a big, big ride up to the Hokuryu Sunflower Village. 
straight up Route 275. Flat ride. I got caught in a wicked rain. Wicked rain. See, I left at 3.30 in the morning. And the forecast said it was supposed to rain a little bit at 6 a.m. Okay, I can handle a little bit at 6 a.m. No problem. I didn't know it was going to downpour from 5.30 to 12.30. Man, oh man. I got destroyed in that rain. I mean, destroyed. The worst of it was, I didn't pack any extra footwear. So after my feet got turned into puddles in the morning, that was it for the entire 12-hour day. When I got home, and I finally took my shoes and socks off, it was almost like you could peel a layer of skin from the bottom of my feet. (laughs) Anyway, ice cream. At the Hokuryu Sunflower Village, they have the Sunflower Soft Ice Cream. Now, sunflowers are not something I would usually associate with ice cream. I don't don't know. How, How about you? The taste was average, but there were little bits of bits of bits of bits inside it. At first, I didn't know what it was. And then I realized, oh, thank God. These are little bits of sunflower actually in the ice cream. Not, yeah, something else. So, yeah, if you're up there, maybe give it a try. But don't expect much. The worst ice cream, and I mean the worst ice cream I have ever had, is quite close to home. Ishikari's Tore no Sato. This is a uh, Japan agriculture shop. An official Japan agriculture shop. Earlier in the year, they have all kinds of different seasonal flavors. Earlier in the year, they had a tomato soft ice cream. Ugh. That's right. Tomato soft ice cream. And it tasted a lot like tomatoes. But my god. That flavor did not belong in an ice cream. <laughs> ah. uh, luckily, I was with my wife. I got the tomato. She got a regular vanilla. Hey, would you like to try my tomato? She did. She agreed. It was disgusting. And I had to finish the tomato by myself. Uh. So all over the place, you can get these very, very interesting flavors of, of ice cream. There's another very, there's a very good ice cream flavor to be had up in Ishikari near the Ishikari Lighthouse. There, there's a visitor center immediately across from the Ishikari Lighthouse and they have a Hamanasu ice cream. Hamanasu is a flower that grows in that area and they've turned it into an ice cream. And it's kind of like a pink rose flavor. Very, very, very good ice cream. But if I was talking about ice cream, I would be remiss if I did not talk about Inotaru, the Venetian cafeteria's rainbow tornado. Now, this motherfucker is an eight-layer soft ice cream. 
eight layer that can you imagine it was what 25 centimeters tall 30 centimeters tall it was eight different flavors of soft ice cream all stacked together and it was good i've only had it once i don't think i'm going to get it again well i'll probably get it again i can't tell a lie i've still got a touch of the fat bastard in me you know <laughs> so if you get a chance if you're talk about an extreme cycling snack the venetian cafeteria's rainbow tornado and that is also on the uh, sakai machidori the main tourist street as a freak show you got to try it once right now i've mentioned otaru and cycling to otaru is always great i love cycling through that sakai machidori street all the tourists out people enjoying the day actually the next episode i'm going to do is going to be about otaru but again if i'm talking about cycling snacks i cannot not mention the store uh, a friend of mine manages my wife works at now my son worked at before kita no ryoba kita no ryoba is a hokkaido souvenir shop you know they sell all the giant king crabs uh, hairy crabs uh, i think sometimes what's that other one the hanasaki crab uh, all the japanese all the hokkaido seafoods in there all the hokkaido sweets it's a great little shop why i love it even more is because i get freebies yay you know sometimes my friend motoaki you know he'll set me up with a nice slice of uh, cantaloupe melon you body melon for lunch sometimes we get this that and the other and before my wife started working there i used to get beer which was the best cycling snack is that a cycling snack i used to get a beer as i stopped in especially on hot days in the summer oh it was great i mean those cold beers on a hot day they just slid down i know you're not supposed to drink beers while you're cycling but come on one beer during a pit stop while you're burning thousands of calories a day i'm good with that but anyway those days are gone now that my wife works at the shop <laughs> so <laughs> thanks a lot shout out to the kita no ryoba staff now after getting home from a long ride i usually want something salty that your body is telling you you need salt and you can actually feel it that you need something salty which is again where leftover potatoes from the ride do the trick perfectly or sometimes i'll throw in a whole new batch in the dutch oven and do a whole new batch of salty potatoes right there and of course recovery beers recovery beers are of the utmost importance after a big long ride after a couple of beers after a 200 kilometer ride oh night night you ain't staying awake much longer and it feels great <laughs> and also homemade soup which you obviously can't take on a ride with you but homemade soup tomato soup is great for after a long long ride especially if you get some homemade bread for dipping yeah that's the business you know 
Hopefully you get to eat it before you fall asleep nose first in your soup, <laughs> you know? All right, guys. So I think that is about all I've got for... Ah, oh, wait, wait. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting the most important cycling snack out there. I can't believe I almost forgot it. Gari Gari Kun. Gari Gari Kun is the best, most refreshing cycling snack there is. Do you know what Gari Gari Kun is? Maybe you've seen it on my Instagram or in my Facebook. And these are the Japanese ice candies. These are sugar-filled, frozen, refreshing little bastards. Oh, man, they are good. When you're out in the summer heat and you, you, you can feel the heat on your face, you can feel it in your head, it, it, you bite into one of these ice, ice candies and it, wow, just a wave of refreshing comes through you. And, and they have so many different flavors. The flavors are ridiculous. Listen to some of these. The original flavors are soda and cola. But then they have Kyushu Mika, Napolitan, Melon, Grapefruit, Corn Potage, Sports Drink, Energy Drink. Energy Drink's the big one for this summer. Then there's things like Choco 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 Chip. Ch Did I say that right? Choco 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 Chip. Three chocos and a chip. Rice Soda, which was a kind of a weird one. Then there's the whole Otona no Aji, Otona Aji series. The Otona Aji series has like a much deeper, richer flavor to them. There's like grapefruit, kiwi. The Otona Aji kiwi is one of the best ice candies out there. I, I'm telling you, if you get a chance, if you're in Japan and you come across one, get it. They're in the convenience stores. They're, some of the simple flavors are just 75 yen, 75 cents still. Some of the more expensive ones can be closer to 200 yen. I think like I think the choco 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 chip is what 213 or something. Anyway, filthy cheap snacks. Um, the pineapple. There's there was one flavor that was called shiochinsuke. Shiochinsuke was great. It was like it had bits of cookie and cream inside it. I don't know what it is. It's great. But through all that. All that cycling food, number one, the Gari Gari Kun. If you're out there, get it because you will feel 100% rejuvenated and ready to take on another 50 kilometers in 35 degree weather. I'm telling you, Gari Gari Kun is the man. How about you, everybody? What do you pack for big rides? Do you pack anything? Do you just live in the convenience? Do you just eat straight out of the convenience stores? Do you sit down in nice restaurants when you're out on a ride? Actually, that's probably not likely, is it? I mean, you're all sweaty. Maybe some of you are wearing the peachy peachy, which I I don't wear the lycra stuff. I wear like shorts and a t-shirt, and I wear like the dry tech stuff, but I don't wear anything super tight. No, thank you. All right, guys, that is my food episode. I hope you liked it. I hope you are having a great day. I hope you do not catch covid if you haven't up until now long long may it continue i've got another i think i've got another three or four three days of contagiousness so a hey, knock wood haruka and jota pot tested negative this morning so let's hope that keeps up as well guys thank you very much next episode is going to be about 
Otaru. Later, be good. Love ya.